Hey everybody, welcome to Geeksters episode 193. Yes, first off, 193, where's the rest of them? Because I don't remember Geeksters. It's been at least three and a half years, and yes, it has been three and a half years since I got behind this microphone and came to you and recorded to Geeksters. It's been a long, long time. And honestly, I gotta be kind of honest with you here and i just turned on the recording so this is going to be just me talking and uh you know we'll do some editing and make it sound good but as far as cutting out content you're going to hear ums and ahs and me just jib jabbing for a while not a whole lot but i wanted to let you know that i am working on coming back it has been three and a half years the last time actually it's just been about three years the last time we did an episode was 192 and that looks like that was november 6th of 2017 so what's been going on with me well first off let me just start by saying hello it's nice to be back um everything's been fine everything's been good there hasn't been any craziness going on in the uh, obando family household other than the fact that we're all just getting older um life took its turn on us and business boomed and I had to make some changes in plus and minus and add and remove and now I'm settled back down and you know I want to come back to you and I want to talk to you about Geeksters and I want to talk to you about you know what we do um, everyday life as a tech and what it's like to be out there in the field both you know remote and on site so for the people who don't know me uh, I want to say welcome and I'll get to my introduction in a minute. But for the people who do know me and the people who, who listened years ago and was here with Tim and Mitch and I, and we just had a good time, uh, I want to bring them back. I want to see if we can get back together. I want to see if we can do uh, a reunion show or something like that. But I want to come back to you as Martin and just say hello again. And thank you for for uh, being there. Thank you for being part of the Podnuts community. Thanks for listening to the show because without this show and without Podnuts and door to door at Podnuts, we wouldn't be available. So I just want to thank door right off the bat that he was always supportive of me coming back, you know, and I would come to him and I'd say, Hey, I want to come back and I just don't have the time. And he said, that's okay. Whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready. And he always left the, the, the door open for me. And so I just want to give a huge shout out to door to door. Um, that he was helping me and just supportive every way. So first off, this is coming to you from the Podnuts Network. Um, you're going to find shows like Android App Addicts and Linux for the Rest of Us and Podnuts Pro on those. So support those who support you. And, you know, just listen to those shows. Go to podnuts.com, P-O-D-N-U-T-Z.com. And that's where you're going to find all of those other shows as well as me. So who am I? My name is Martin. I live in the Pacific Northwest, and I did Geeksters as well as some Podnuts Pros many years ago. And uh, I have my own computer business. So before I had my own business, I was working in education, and I got laid off, um, and then was rehired, and then laid off again. And um, so I decided to go ahead and see if I could step out on my own and do this full time. Well, it's been nine years, and I'm still here. So something's going right. Um, you know, we've all grown up. It's been three years. I talked, you know, in, in the past, I've talked about my kids and softball and band and jazz band and symphonic band and concerts and all the things that I would do to be a part of my kids' life. And, well, they've grown up. My daughter has graduated and she's in college. My son has done his time in the military and uh, he's actually going to be home in a couple weeks. So I'm excited for that. So he was in the Army. 
and uh, he ended up having an injury, and he was only able to spend about half the time of his contract in the Army, but he's ready to come home. Um, and so if you've heard me talk about having you know kids and my wife, we've celebrated our 24th anniversary of last November. So we are going on 25 coming up here. And uh, like I said, Pacific Northwest is where I'm from. It's raining, raining all the time here. And I'm getting old and my neck is creaking and my back is sore and things like that. And I'm so ready to move to someplace a bit warmer. Uh, now, I don't want to move to the East Coast, though. It's too cold. there, And I don't think that's anywhere. But I just wanted to just, you know, introduce myself. So you have any questions about who I am, where to get a hold of me, you can always reach me at geeksters at podnuts.com, geeksters at podnuts.com. I still have that email address. I still am able to check it. I'm still able to look at it. Um, and I have some social media stuff too, but I'll get out to that a little bit later. So this first, you know, welcome back Cotter episode, I just want to talk about kind of the stuff that, that I use on a day-to-day -day basis as a tech. Now, this may be stuff that you do use as or stuff that you don't use. And we may have disagreements about, you know, which router firewall is the best or which wireless access points the best or VLAN to VLAN or not to VLAN. And that's okay. That's the great thing about tech. You know, we, we can have all of these different conversations about all the different applications we use and still at the end of the day come together and talk about, you know, tech and, and, you know, maybe disagree, maybe don't disagree. That would be called agreeing and just have a good time talking about it. And that's kind of what I want to do is just talk about what it's like for me out in the field every day. So I made a huge change um, over the last couple of years while I've been gone. So I moved out of my house and I moved into an actual uh, office space. And then I had employees and then I didn't have employees. And then I had more employees and then I didn't have any employees. And then just before March of last year, before everything um, kind of shut down with COVID, um, we ended up, I ended up laying off my last employee, not due to COVID. It just, the timing just happened to be what it was. And then I moved my office back home and about a week later, boom, everything shut down. That would have been the Friday. Um, I'm in Oregon. So that have been the Friday just before spring break, which have been March 13th, Friday the 13th, actually. Um, and I've been in my, my home office ever since then. And it was a good decision. Uh, it was saving me some money on some rent that I didn't need, um, at the time. So I'm, I'm back. So it's just me. Um, and then at the end of 2020, I'd been thinking about this for a while and I was getting to the point, to be honest with you, that I was finding myself really getting burnt out. Uh, I was not able to take vacation. I was not able to have time where I could step away from work and not worry that things were, you know, that things were handled. I was always worried. I was always on. And I think a lot of people, you know, listening to this and a lot of my friends in the tech industry where they have a, their, their, their own, you know, it's a one person shop or a two person shop. You can't break away from that. Um, I know when I did have an employee, I was able to break away and that was so relaxing and it was so wonderful, but it's been so long since I've been able to do that. And so I needed to make a change and I had felt like I, I kind of got myself in a corner where I had two options. One, shut the whole thing down. And I know that's an extreme, it's an extreme thought, but it was to the point where I was just like, you know, either I need to shut everything down and find a job that I can work Monday through Friday, eight to five, have time off, have vacation days, or I need to whittle down my company to be manageable. Because I had, I had a lot of customers. I, I really did. And, and I, I love that because that, you know, people trusted me. And I had customers that were big all the way down to one and two people. Uh, 
And so what I end up having to do was look at my customer list and my customer base and say, what, what, what step do I need to take to do this? Because at the end of the day, when I, when I put my head down and I thought, do I really want to quit the Obando computing? Do I want to really just hang it up and be, and be done with it? Start 2021 on a, at a new location and a new job. I didn't really. And I listen to a lot of podcasts and one of the podcasts I always listen to is, is Guy Raz and how I built this on. And, and what I find is that there, that when I get in a slump and I'm not feeling like, I don't know, I'm just not feeling productive or I'm not feeling like maybe this is what I need to be doing. Then I listen to those shows and I hear these, these people who have started out and they, and they go on and on and on and they, they fail and they fail and they fail or they, they learn from their mistakes and learn from their mistakes. And then at the end of the day, they, something happens. And it's not like I'm obtaining to be or, uh, I'm striving for, you know, a multi-million dollar company. Um, you know, I'm good with, with where I'm at right now because right now is where it works well for me and my family. Um, with two kids out of the house and my son, when he does get back, he's going to be married soon and he'll be out of the house and they'll be still be local. All my kids are still local, um, but they're not living with us anymore. And so we kind of have an empty nester thing going on. And and I, I, I need to, you know, if I, I don't know. I just felt like it was the right time for me to do this. And so I trimmed everything down a little bit. And so now I'm at a manageable place where I I still manage bigger customers. And instead of managing a whole bunch of customers, including small ones, I moved everything over to a bigger set and then did contracts with everybody that was that was um, based on instead of hourly it was based on items. So we kind of redid our contract. Now I still have some smaller companies that have treated me very well. And, and all my customers have, have treated me well. I just I have some other customers that, that are still on a, a little bit of a contract and they have gotten, um, you know, bigger hour sets. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. So with all that being said, my goal with all of that is to come back and sit in front of this microphone and talk to you about Obando computing and what we, you know, not, 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 not Obando competing like I'm going to sell, I, I'm trying to sell Obando competing to you, but, but me as Martin Obando, like my name on the shirt, what am I, what am I doing with, with, uh, you know, what, what, uh, I don't know, what trials and tribulations and, and errors and problems and stuff do I run into? And, and what do you guys have? What errors and problems do you guys run into? And we can, you know, we can talk about it. We can discuss it and figure out what, what the right way is to do stuff. A lot has changed in the last, in the last three years. Um, so we, uh, I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So here it goes on a day-to-day -day basis. My main computer that I use is Linux. Now I use Linux mate, mate, however you want to pronounce it. I like that old look. I like the way that the old one handles and, um, it's Ubuntu mate actually. And I use Ubuntu. So that's a uh, door actually texting, voxing me right now. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I use that because I really like it. Now, why do I use Linux? And I have, um, well, first off, whenever I come into a customer and they have some kind of infection, I'm able to just put my system on the network and get into their systems and figure out what's going on. Has that happened that often? Not really. So I say that, but it's not, you know, it's not necessarily like I come in and I'm not the, the people don't call me for mass infections because they haven't had any yet in my customers, knock on wood. So it's not like I'm high. That's my job is to go in and, and fix ma major infections. Um, you know, but I run Linux because I like it. I've ran Linux for years, probably 12, 13, 
14 years, I just really like it. It's what I'm comfortable with. I am comfortable with Windows. I can get around Windows just fine. Windows pays the bills. But I like running Linux on my laptop. And I run Linux just fine. It's a ThinkPad that I run it on. Those things, excuse me, those things can just keep on chugging. There's no, I haven't had any issues with it. So I use a Linux laptop. That's my main, my main go-to thing. I have a docking station, dual monitors. That's my setup at home. I've got a VoIP phone through Intermedia. They've always treated me well. I have no problem with that. And that's what I have. That's my, that's my home setup here. I have, uh, and then I use for hardware. I use, I have a lot of my customers. We use WatchGuard firewall VPNs. A lot of my customers, especially, and what I didn't realize was we set all of these customers up with these WatchGuard VPNs and then COVID hit and everybody had to work from home. And that VPN tunneling worked out so nice. It worked out really, really well because then they were able to use the VPN tunnel and then through that VPN tunnel, they used RDP and they were able to get to a couple of the computers in their network. And it just, it worked out really, really well. And I was very impressed with it. And I have been a WatchGuard fan for years, way back in the early Geekster days. And so I still continue to use WatchGuard to this day. My remote tools that I use right now from my desktop to another desktop is Screen Connect. I've used them since early, early on. And it wasn't until just recently that I had to make a change with them. I'd been doing self-hosting with Screen Connect for years, years. And I ran it on a Linux DigitalOcean Drupal or drop uh, Droplet, excuse me. And it was great. I had a tech and during that time the tech was in and we were working and I had to increase the RAM on that droplet and that did everything. And then all of a sudden it kind of made a change and they didn't support Linux as much as they used to. Um, the Linux, uh, it wasn't as stable. And so when I would try to connect to my web interface, uh, it would just spin. I'd have to go in, SSH into it, you know, reboot, um, reboot the machine because sometimes just restarting the service didn't work. So I had to reboot the machine and I looked online and I found some people who had talked about it in um, Facebook. I looked and, you know, uh, Lawrence had uh, had mentioned some stuff about it. And so I ended up last Friday um, moving over to or last Thursday, excuse me, last Thursday, moving over to a, a Windows host it's a windows server to run my screen connect that's the that's the big change and so far it's been really stable so i'm still self-hosted i just had to put it on windows and it's been much more stable it's um because one of the problems i'd run into is that i would show up at a client and i'd be needing to do something or i'd be on the go and i would need to be able to remote into somewhere and my phone wouldn't make a connection because it would just spin and spin and spin and spin so i had to find a spot where i could get my laptop out on the side of the road you know, tethered to my phone, jump in, SSH, SSH in, reboot it, you know, and this whole time the pay, my client is waiting for me to make a connection or waiting me to fix a problem. And it was just causing, like they were fine with it. I never had a one, never once had a client tell me I was taking too long, but it just was happening all the time. And by all the time, it's like two or three times a day. And while that's not a lot, two or three times a day, every day for a couple months, it, it got to the point where it was a little redundant. And at some point I just had to pull the trigger and say, I, I need to switch over to a Windows box. So I did. And that's what I use as Screen Connect. One of the other tools I use when I do a lot of cleanup and, and I have, again, uh, this is a tool that I've spoken about multiple times. This is a tool that you guys should know, you guys should love. And uh, this guy is an awesome guy. Nick Shaw, D7 is the tool. Uh, it's D7X is what I use now. It's So if you go to D7X Tech, 
d7teach.com. That's one of the tools I've used for years as well. And I still use it to this day. It goes through and does all my cleanups and it does all my tools that I need to do for cleaning up computers as well. Um, well, one of the big things then I guess would have happened between this whole November 6, 2017 to now is the Windows 10. You know, we, I was doing a lot of Windows 7 and then, you know, we, Windows 7 went away in 2020, beginning of 2020. And I had to go through and I had to upgrade all of these computers and the, and it worked out really smooth, very little issues. The one issue that I'm having now is a new site actually that I took on not too long ago. Um, they use Windows 7 or Windows, the Windows Enterprise key, the license. Um, I don't know why that was originally set up that way, but it was. That's okay. Um, the problem is, is that there's no in-place upgrade from Windows 7 Enterprise to Windows 10 Enterprise. So I'm having to go and pull computers and do a full reload. Uh, and that's that. It's taken, excuse me, it's taken some time and it's, um, you know, it's a little bit more work, but that's what needs to get done for my clients to be successful and for them to be um, up and running. So that being said, I completely forgot until just now that I use Fab's um, backup the from Fabrice and um, I'm looking that up to see what is the uh, website for that because I can't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, fpnet.fr, fpnet.fr. It's Fab's auto backup software. Uh, and man, oh man, this is a this is an application that is awesome. Again, another one of those applications that is in my back pocket in my tools that I just use not on a daily basis. But it seems that I'm using it more and more. And, 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 and the reason is, is because we just crossed over into the new year. And now I have four computers sitting out in my hallway that need to be reloaded. And I have one on the way. And so what's happening is this is an application where if you haven't used this before, it will take and it will back up your profile for you. Um, all your desktop and your documents and your, and your downloads, your files and folders, as well as things like your wallpaper and your PST or OST files. Um, your tweaks, your settings, your Chrome, your Google. I mean, it does all this stuff. And then when you're done, you can just re-push it back out to your new computer. Um, it, it's an awesome, awesome tool. And one of those tools that helps you just, just uh, you know, work harder than smarter. Nope, smarter than harder. <laughs> and so I use, uh, so we've talked about the watch guard that I use. We've talked about D7. We've talked about fabs. We talked about my screen connect. Um, I like my originally early on, I mentioned this in one of a couple other earlier episodes of Geeksters, we talked about my wireless that I chose. And the wireless that I chose at the time was CloudTrax. Um, they were a company, they were out of Texas, and then they moved up here to the Pacific Northwest. And like any good program that does really, really well in an application, they got bought out by Datto. Now, that's not a bad thing, except for the fact that now it's Datto. So it's still CloudTrax, and you can still buy them through Datto, and I still I do that um, as well. And so they're one of my they're one of the the providers that I I use for my wireless. Now, why CloudTrax or this Datto um, networking is because you can get four SSIDs on these. Now, I handle some coffee shops and I handle some schools, and so one of the things we need to do is how do you how do you make this simple without going too crazy complicated, but still provide some of the security and some of the isolation? So in the coffee shop, for example, because you have four SSIDs, only one of the SSIDs is allowed to connect to the local area network. So that would be like our point of sale system. Okay. And then we would have some guest networks and those guest networks then get IP addresses from the, um, from the access point. 
You can completely isolate it from your network. So it's going to get its own 10 dot IP address. So it's one of 16 million IP addresses. So you never have to worry about collisions. Um, and then you can do DNS routing, which is so, so awesome in such a small device because that way we can keep people from doing things that maybe they shouldn't be doing in a coffee shop. I'm just saying. Um, and then at schools, we can do the same thing. We can route it. We can do everything. Um, one of the things that I did put in at a school um, or at schools actually is a program called SIPA filter. Now this program, this application, this box, it's actually a physically, a physical box came on the market um, a, a couple years ago and it was brand new and it was green and their customer support was really green. Um, but they have improved this product. It's the same. It's a Linux box. So the, the interface is the same, but their support is just gone crazy good. Um, the box is super stable. And what this does is instead of having something like OpenDNS, right, where you you plug in your network and you point it to OpenDNS to the network. So your, uh, your traffic has to go out of your network, hit OpenDNS. Are you allowed or not allowed to do this? And then go right back and then go right back to your network and back in and then tell your client, no, you're not allowed to go there. Well, how do we, you know, go around that? Well, you just change your DNS settings. And if you're allowed to change your DNS settings, then, then you just bypass, you, you've just bypassed your whole security um, for that. If you're not allowed to change your DNS, like if you're on a client side on inside one of your data wireless access points or cloud tracks access points, then, you know, you've already resolved that by blocking that. And you can do some blocking like that. Um, but what we do is we use these SIPA filters. And SIPA actually stands for Child Information Protection Act. So it's it's made for schools. It integrates right in with Google and Google OAuth with Chromebooks. And so we have like at one of my schools, they've got a server. So we've got LDAP authentication for the for the teachers who log in. And then the students use Chrome and Google authentication, uh, the Google OAuth to authenticate against the, the content filter. So the content filter, well, er early on, when I was doing this, one of the, I would, I would be at a parent conference and we would, we would talk about tech. And that was one of my things to do was, um, was to kind of, you know, make sure, talk to the parents about technology. And one of the, you know, and I would tell them here at the school, we have content filters in place. And this was before we were using OpenDNS. We were actually using, uh, sorry, before we were using SIBA uh, filter, we were using OpenDNS. We were using the um, kind of paid for management su subscription and it was okay. And we were able to lock things down, but then we started to get, um, you know, more Chromebooks in play and, and people doing remote work. And especially when they went one-to-one -one with Chromebooks, like how are we going to fix all this and how are we going to make this smooth? So we brought in the SIBA filter and what would happen is I'd have these parents talk to me and they would say, they would say, so right now when the students are at school and they're using their, their computers here at school, you know, we, we do content filtering, but what happens when, when we go home and before the SIPA filter, I would say, well, that's kind of up to you to, to, you know, manage your own system. And I'm talking to parents here and they're not from it. We had some people who did it and they did some of that already. And they used something like open DNS or something, like that, but most of the people there did not. And that's not their, that's not their job. And I'm talking to them and they're just like, well, so what I hear is kid protected at school, not protected at home. And I'm like, yeah, there's, and I, I can't do anything about that. So now with the SIPA filter, what happens is we redirect all the information from the, we do a proxy with all the information from these Chromebooks. So when the students work at school, they're protected behind the SIPA filter and then they go home and they're protected by the same SIPA filter and all routes back through. And that's made a huge difference um, in, and uh, for the school 
and for you know how how things are that and so and and I have different schools. I have a, a public school that's using SIPA filter, and I have a private Catholic school that's using SIPA filter. Now both of those schools are using this content filter, and we're both blocking out a majority, if not all, as we possibly can, of kind of the high end nasty stuff, if you will. But the schools have different views on what they deem is allowable for the students, and that's that's okay. And so what my job is to do is to find out what those views are and then customize the SIPA filter for that. And sometimes it is a cat and mouse game where students will get through to this site or that site and I got to go test it and tweak and, you know, test it and tweak. And so, you know, it's just worked out really, really well. And so SIPA filter is one of the other applications. It's not super cheap, um, but I think for a firewall or for a content filter um, in place, it's, it's decent. And the, like I said, the tech support, uh, has done a great job and to the point of I actually know some of the tech support people by name uh, as we as I call them and they recognize me so that's always that's always a good thing because we have a good uh, good rapport with with them um, my ticketing system is repair shopper I've had a good chance using repair shopper no problems there um, I just moved to IT glue for my documentation wanted to get something out of uh, move away from something like Nextcloud and and potential and was using own cloud for a while something something that's a little bit more um, secure uh, I guess and I think that's a lot of the tools that I I use you know if I need to get into something I have my screen connect a lot of times people are trying to use maybe uh, team viewer um, especially with this with COVID and everybody working remote um, I used to use ultra viewer um, ultra viewer was fine it did a good job and then AnyDesk came on the scene and AnyDesk has kind of blown ultra viewer away much more stable um, also you know it does everything that team viewer and ultra viewer did as far as um, you know, unattended, unattended, you know, connections, you can have it run in the background. So that's not a problem. The one thing that with everybody working remotely that AnyDesk did that really took it to the next level is in the process of installing AnyDesk, you install a virtual printer. Now you're at your computer at work and you need to print off a document. You can go to your printer at work. You can go to your, you know, a document at work, file print, choose the AnyDesk printer. That sends the print job through AnyDesk. And then it, you are prompted at your local machine to print off at your, at your local residence or your local, you know, wherever you are. So that's really cool for a lot of people who worked remotely. We did something like that. Um, so I had some clients who would use AnyDesk. Um, and I had some clients who would use the VPN device um, with, you know, RDP. And they were especially, and it depended on, on the work. It depended on what they needed to do. It depended on what computers they needed to get to um, and what decisions we needed to, to make for that. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's the tools that I use. So what do I do then? Like, what is my, what's my job? What's your elevator pitch? So here it is, my elevator pitch. Obando Computer. Oh man, let me uh, let me start again. Obando Computing is a small and mid-sized business IT support for you. I mean, I had one. I had an elevator pitch. It's gone. <laughs> like I said, I'm just recording and letting this go. Uh, we do small, <clears throat> we do small and mid-sized business network support. Our job is to make your your job easier. Our job, you know, I've had multiple experiences in education and multiple experience in IT as well. So my background then. Uh, I've done this for nine years. Before that, I was in IT and education. And before that, uh, I was in IT in like little jobs here and there. 
Before that, I worked on an ambulance. I went to, I was an EMT. I went to paramedic school. I did not graduate. The school actually f- uh, folded. Um, and that was my thing. I never planned to do computers. That was never my job. Right out of high school, I was doing the, the medical route. I was doing that, going to do that. And uh, then thing, then life happened. And uh, and now I'm doing computers. And so, uh, well, back to the thing. Obando computing. That's what, uh, you know, we do small and mid-sized businesses. I come with a level of, I, I have enterprise level knowledge that I can bring down to small and mid-sized companies and keep them supported with things like, a watch guard and not just maybe just a home router they can buy it they buy it best buy maybe they need some vpn services maybe they need some wireless services maybe they need um you know group policy changes and active directory and what do we you know and how do we customize and tailor that for the company maybe not every company needs a group needs a you know active directory and a domain and maybe a company's gotten to the point where they're big enough where they really need to do that maybe they need to start looking at you know a backup offsite backup solution maybe they need to start looking at you know, what it looks like to have, uh, you know, a NAS on site if they don't have any kind of Active Directory um, solution. So one of the things that I also work on, totally forgot about this on a day-to-day basis, is my SolarWinds. I do use the SolarWinds RMM tool. Now, it was kind of interesting when everything happened just recently regarding SolarWinds Orion that I did have a couple customers contact me and say, hey, we noticed that SolarWinds is installed on our computer. And it is. If you look, you'll see that SolarWinds is installed because of the managed antivirus and the monitoring um, services that come with that. But they are not related. Well, other than the fact that they own the same parent. Um, I did get multiple emails from from that, from the company, from SolarWinds saying they're not related um you should not worry about that if somebody has heard differently please let me know i i was just about just about ready to pull the trigger with a different company and go with a different managed antivirus and monitoring solution but unfortunately they wanted to go with um an upfront you know like $15,000 upfront fee for the year and i said well what happens if i you know a customer leaves me or something happens and they're like well then you have an extra license um and I, I just couldn't right now. I just couldn't pull that trigger. Um, so I needed to go ahead and say no to that. So, yeah. I'm not sure what else to, to say to you guys. Other than the fact that um, I'm glad to be back. I want to be behind this microphone again. It's been a long time coming. It's been a desire of mine. And I just haven't been able to to get the time to be able to do it. And here we are on a Monday night at 6.11 p.m. Pacific. And I'm sitting in front of the microphone. And I'm so excited to be here. Um what does the future hold for Geeksters? I'm not sure. That's, you know, I will, I will tell you what's going on with me, you know, maybe, a, you know, like a weekly show. What's going on? What issues have I run into? What kind of, you know, I used to talk about some of the news stories happening and I used to talk about some of the, the finds and the things that I've, you know, come across and, and I'll still do that. I'll, I'll find some stuff that we can, we can talk about, but, uh, I really like to hear from you guys and hear what you are, are experiencing and, and maybe some questions you guys have and what can I do to answer some of those? Again, I'm, I would love to start getting some, some of our colleagues from Podnuts on, uh, on the show and figure out how we can, we can kind of have a, uh, maybe a reunion show and get people back together again, just to, you know, just to say hi and, uh, and to figure out what's going on. So thank you so much for hanging out with me. Um, I don't want to talk your ear off. It's just been over, you know, 30 minutes and, make it a quick and short and sweet podcast. But thanks guys. Don't forget to go and look at our, at our, you know, the Podnut sponsors, you know, check out those people that I talked to. Uh, I mentioned in the show. Uh, if you have any questions about any of those, 
please don't hesitate. You can always reach me. Um, I'm at geeksters at podnest.com. All right, guys, take care. Be safe out there.